Welcome, everybody. This is Leslie Jane Seymour from Reinvent Yourself, and I'm also the founder of CoveyClub.com. And I am really excited today. We are bringing you somebody from the fashion world who has reinvented herself many, many times. You probably know her brands or you have worn them. And she is just so interesting in how she's reinvented herself several times in the fashion business. And now she is really working very hard to bring a platform to women 50 and beyond, uh, talking about changing the outlook for women 50 and beyond. And it's called the Perennial Project. And she's so smart. And she really has such wonderful taste. And she's giving us wonderful fashion tips also. So listen on in and let's welcome the wonderful Barbara Warren. So I'd like to welcome the wonderful Barbara Warren to our Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour podcast. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Hi, Leslie. I'm great. So nice to be here with you. Yeah. So we're really excited to talk to you because you have this wonderful idea about perennials. First of all, before we get into your whole history, what the heck is a perennial? Those are women like us who are ever blossoming and reinventing themselves. We are akin to the flower that comes back year after year. Hmm. Okay. All right. Coming back. Okay. And why did you come up with that name? There was a reason why you did that. Yes, indeed. Well, so Perennial Project, my, my media platform addressing aging, is really targeting women who are approaching the age of 50 and beyond. So in current terminology, that's called Gen X and baby boomers. And I personally can't stand the name baby boomer. It implies that we are ready for ARP and golf carts to go off into the sunset. And it's just not an accurate vision of what age looks like. So I think renaming us and giving us this sort of, you know, big embrace of a name is much more current and relevant and kind. Kind. I like that. Yes. I'm not a big fan of the baby boomer word either. For some reason, boomer just sounds, God, it's just like an old, it just really sounds old, doesn't it? For some reason. And there's no real reason. It just has an old fashioned sound to it. Right. It takes me back mentally to the sixties. Yes. Yes. And just something about booming. That's not so pleasant. It's not kind either. <laughs> I like yours. It's blooming, not booming. I like that much it's better. Positive, right? It's optimistic. Yes. So let's talk about your reinvention. And why don't we start with where the heck you grew up and um, what did you do before? Because you had a really exciting life. <laughs> well, I grew up in suburban New Jersey. I can't say that was the most exciting part. But um, I uh, went to school in Washington, D.C., studied art history. And as an unemployable art history major, I went to work in an Ann Taylor retail store. And what I learned from that experience is that I love clothes and I love the business of clothing, but I don't like retail. So that led me to a, a very pivotal point in my life where I turned to working in wholesale in the fashion world and fell in love with manufacturing. 
And um, what I love is the process of creating the idea of something and actually producing something tangible and then selling it. So it's this all the way through from inception to delivery process that has been my love. And what do you like so much about that? Um, I, I'm sort of a left brain, right brain person. I, I am creative by nature, but I'm also very pragmatic and want to figure out how to make something work. So it really speaks to everything that I enjoy doing in, in terms of you know my thinking process and working process. And, and so talk about that. So how did that manifest itself? Because you you did many big name places, right? I did. So I, I really worked my way through the industry to the point where I started to work in knitwear. And um, then there became a time in my career where I felt like I reached as much as I could in terms of success working for other com companies. And, uh, and that's when it was time to start my own business. And I was very, very blessed to have been connected with the right people at the right time. So I started White and Warren Cashmere and it was 1997. And that was the time when luxury was really coming into the mainstream. Yes, I remember that. Right, Mastige, right? Yes, exactly. And Michael Kors was making these gorgeous one-ply cashmere sweaters. You know, and Donna Karen had it. And you know, Calvin was great. And it was just, you know, it's also very American at that time to mm -hmm. come to. And uh, it was a wonderful time to introduce luxury at a more democratic price point. And so um, my idea was to come up with the $98 retail cashmere t-shirt. Oh, wow. Right, and I still wear that item today. It's a staple wow. in my wardrobe and really can be for virtually anybody. Was those it's still available? Um, I don't know if White and Warren still makes it, but oh. I collected them over the years. Oh, so we got to come to your house and raid your closet? <laughs> I just did a closet raid and gave 68 pieces of clothing to the real real to sell. So note to everybody out there, it's great to have less. A purge feels so good. Ah, oh, and so what were you doing with White and Warren? Were you the CEO? Were you co-CEO? How did that work? I was the I directed the creative side of the business. So I worked on the branding, the imaging, the product presentation, marketing, and was also involved in sales. I was very active in driving what was the, a private label business at the time. And um, I was there for 11 years and um, helped build the brand to where it is today and uh, came up with the the travel wrap, which I, I think is pretty well known these days. And uh, that that's an essential too, that is just such a wonderful thing to have in your wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Yep, I carry those with me everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yep, so do most women. And um, so is now is White and Warren still going? White and Warren is still in existence. I left in 2008. And um, I pursued other avenues after taking some time off. I suffered a, a very dear personal loss. My father passed away after being um, st uh, stroke ridden. Uh. And, yeah, it was, it was a, a really uh, 
very terrible time for me personally. And uh, 2008 was when the recession hit. Uh, and, double uh, whammy. Double, triple whammy. And my kids were in middle school and I hadn't been home to parent them. And I really felt like it, it was time. My, my place was with my family. And uh, I really needed to take a pause and um, you know, change my journey. And it was wonderful. It was very enlightening. It was a great time to learn and reflect and grow in new ways. Now, a lot of people find themselves in situations like that, and they're afraid that if they take off, they'll never go back. They're afraid they can't get back in. They're afraid, you know, they're afraid of the break. What made you, I mean, did, did you just have enough money? You didn't have to worry if you couldn't get back in, or was it just a necessity for your mental and physical health, or, or how did you look at it? I looked at it as the end of one chapter, not knowing exactly what the next one would be, but I knew there would be a next one. I, I wasn't concerned that there wouldn't be. I just didn't know what it would look like and when it would take place. Mm -hmm. And so then you were out for how many years? I was out for about three years. And then I started to consult. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't be idle. You know, I was involved with my kids school and that was fun and, and great in a whole different way. But I was really hungry for the kind of stimulation that comes along with working. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I did a project for guilt group. Oh, and, uh, I helped to launch a tennis wear line. I was involved in an accessory line. Uh, based out in Denver. So I was doing little projects and it really sort of got me ramped up again. And oh, then I did something really interesting. A, a friend was creating a, an interesting concept for an e-commerce channel that was music combined with fashion. So it was like rock and roll t-shirts and we designed them and put logos on them. And hmm. at two arts, it was a very cool, fun project. So I worked on that for a year and a half. But at the same time, something else was going on for me personally in that I was dressing for this time in my life in a very different way than I had been when I was going to my office every day. So I, I traded in skirts and sweaters and boots for cashmere sweaters with track pants and you know, great puffer jackets or a fur vest. And it was a new wardrobe. It was a new way of dressing that really wasn't out there. And it was the beginning of athleisure. Ah, yes, which I've traded my whole, I've sold my whole wardrobe to the real real. Exactly, <laughs> so I could, right? It's a yes. rite of passage. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I was literally looking around the streets, right? Because I'd never seen women during the day. So I always wondered what daytime people did and what they looked like. Mm -hmm. and, and it was at the very beginning of the, the leggings trend. And it was also a, like a bootleg legging. It was when Lululemon was really not even a household name. But it was how women were starting to dress because it was how they were starting to live. It was when women were going to work out. You know, yoga was getting bigger and bigger and cycling was starting. And it was really uh, at the very beginning of this athleisure boom that we've been living through and is now really just part of our culture. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I had the idea to do a line based on that lifestyle. And it, it took a few years until I did it, but I was formulating it and um, building up what I wanted it to look like. 
and who I wanted to target to. And what I came up with was wanting to target women like myself, who represented this demographic of women in their mid to late 40s who were going through changes in their careers and lifestyle and mm-hmm. need wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I launched B3.0. B3.0, cute, okay. In uh, 2014 and did that for three years and um, closed it in 2017. And then it was time for the next reinvention. And so you've opened and closed a couple of businesses or opened and then left a business. Mm -hmm. And what's that like? I mean, do you just get, is that a a powerful feeling when you can like say, okay, I'm done with this one. I'm ready to go. I mean, like, how do you know? That's a lot of reinvention. (laughs) I'm having trouble doing just the one. How do you know that you're going to be able to do another one. It's so hard. Yeah. Well, you know when it's time to leave and you don't sleep at night. Yeah. When your concerns are greater than the rewards. And that's when you really have to check in with yourself and say, is this the right thing right now? Mm. And try try not to feel like it as a failure, but it's it's information. And to not personalize it is very hard. Um, to separate yourself from what is happening is hard, but it's something that you need to do. And not take it on as I'm not worthy, I didn't do this. It's this didn't work, this wasn't right. And to come to terms with it and to be reflective. I think one always needs to be reflective and learn because if, if you don't learn from what's what has happened, have any takeaways, and you can't grow and do better and be better. And I, and I believe that for everything in life, not just your businesses and career. Right. Well, and it's really not a failure if you've learned something from it, because it was a learning experience in many ways, right? Right. And it was a beautiful project. It was well-received. Um, it wasn't what the market was looking for at that time. The market was very young in what it was selling in terms of athletic wear. You know, when athletic wear got really popular, it was very sexy and very mesh and cut out. Mm. And what I was doing was more understated and sophisticated. Mm. And, um, And that was authentic to me. And for me to switch gears and do something that didn't feel right, I, I couldn't do that. That's really interesting. Well, and that's the fashion market is the fashion. The thing about fashion is by the time you're up and rolling with your company, they've moved on, right? Right. <laughs> or, you know, the trend is over. I mean, the way the way that trends used to be um, when I first started out um, was, you know, you got a good three to five years out of each thing. If you, if you went and bought the long skirt, it was around for, you know, at least you got it for a couple of seasons. Now I swear, I swear the way I look at things, I'll look at something and I'll say, that's nice, but you know what? Not so much. If I just wait a season, it'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've got three to five minutes for something. Right. And it, and it's bad because nothing sticks around at all anymore is what I feel like. Right. Well, I feel like fashion makes you feel like it doesn't fashion. Fashion has interrupted that ability. You have, you know, classic things live in your wardrobe. But I, I, I truly believe that as perennial women, uh, we we cannot 
abide by that. Like that, that's ridiculous. It's impractical. It, it's not intelligent. Uh, it doesn't make sense financially. And I think that it's really important that we embrace style more than fashion and yeah. figure out what looks good and what feels right. Not that you want to wear things that are you know dowdy or don't look good on you, but to buy something and, and know it's going to fit into your, your lifestyle and your current wardrobe and make it work season after season. That's what we want. So Barbara, where the heck do we go to look for trends today? I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, I ran beautiful fashion magazines. The fashion magazines to me are all, they're like little flimsy flyers today, even the best ones. They're not exciting. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like, I hear people say they follow people on Instagram to get their trends and to know what's going on. Where do you, where do you look? Where are you inspired? Where do you, where do you find your thoughts and your ideas today? I do a lot of hunting. So I don't look at magazines anymore because I am very much aligned with what you just said. Yeah. I look at the what I would consider the top tier e-commerce sites. I look at Net-A-Porter. I look at Matches Fashion. I look at Luisa Villaroma, um, Moda Operandi, et cetera. And I think that they have the most global view of fashion. And um, I'll, I'll look through enough and I'll see what seems right? You know, what what are the messages from this season that I can take away from all of what I've seen and wear it and feel like it's the right proportion and the right look and the right style for my body and my lifestyle? What do you think about this whole issue? One of the most, you know, read about, clicked on, useful things we always talk about um, at Covey Club and, you know, when I used to run more was age appropriate dressing. <clears throat> Nobody wanted to look like they were trying to look like their 20 year old daughter. Right. And yet nobody wanted to be an old fart either. So yeah. it was very hard to, it, to find these things that were nice and trendy that made you feel fresh and new and you really had a look and people really were confused. And where do you go to find age appropriate until, I mean, I guess you have to define it for yourself because each person is kind of different. Though I do, uh, after watching some of these, you know, ancient celebrities with the low back things, I'm like, I don't, I don't care how old you are and how skinny you are. Yeah. At a certain point, you can't show that back on a runway. I'm sorry. So talk a little little bit about the do's and don'ts for um, age appropriate dressing. First of all, do you even believe there's anything age, age appropriate or are you a, you can wear anything kind of person? I, I think there is absolutely age appropriate attire. At a certain point, I agree with what you said. We should not be showing the lowest part of our back. Our, our cleavage is not very interesting. <laughs> Or side cutouts. Mm, top oh, the side cutouts. No, at a certain no, point, no, no, no. seventy yeah. plus, no side cutouts. Um, the skirt should not be, you know, four, five, six inches above your knee. It's just not tasteful. I'm all about style and fashion, but I'm really a big proponent proponent of taste and being appropriate. But what is appropriate? One of the things that happens, and people mistake this as you get older, they think appropriate is covered up. 
And that's nope. not appropriate either. Not. They no. try to do in a burka, you know? Right. It's like, where is, where are the things that you can show and where are the things you shouldn't show, you know? Right. Well, part of it is also fit, right? Because, yes. no, you know, we don't want to be wearing sausage casing clothes at this point. Let's face it. It's just not acceptable. But you can wear a great cut, sexy dress. We have to be able to breathe and move in it. Right. You know, it, it's knowing how to look at yourself objectively and, and know that you're going to be comfortable, that you're going to walk into an office or a lunch or an event or whatever it is and feel good in it and feel, you know, like you can hold your head high and be proud and not question, is this okay? Nobody wants to worry about that anymore. Now, I, I remember feeling that way in my 30s. And, you know, I could have left stuff at home even back then. What so, would you, okay, keep going. Um, so objectively looking at yourself, don't wear anything that's too tight. Don't wear anything that is so low cut, um, but do show your shoulders, show your collarbone, wear something that's low cut, but not to the point where your boobs are pouring out of it. If you're going to wear a skirt that's short above your knee, fine, but not too far above your knee. Yeah, I, the, it just doesn't look so good at a certain point. I have to say, even if... Even if you're thin, it just doesn't look the same. <laughs> right. right. I, was, and I was doing sit-ups the other day at the gym, and I was looking in the mirror, and I was like, how did that happen to my chest and neck? Because <laughs> I had my arms crossed, so everything was scrunched up. Yeah. And, I, and I think I'm in pretty good shape. And I looked up, and I was like, whose chest is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I read the best trick last night. Lay down on you know, a flat surface and look in the mirror because then there's no gravity. Everything's beautiful <laughs> and flat. So can I live my life like that? Uh, so, so after after 45, we should do everything <laughs> lying down. We take our selfies lying down. Exactly. exactly. Okay. That's a good trick. What, what other, I mean, what things do you think that a woman 40 plus should have in her wardrobe as a must? And what do you sort of live by? Are there, I bet you you're a, a kind of uniform person, I'm guessing, because most fashion people are, they tire of all the trendy stuff and they live in four or five key items. What would those be for you? Exactly. Well, last fall, my, my seasonal uniform, as I called it, was jeans, um, a cashmere rib sweater, and a novelty boot. And then I could put a jacket over the, the, the sleeveless sweater or a cardigan or something. So that was that year's look. And this fall, it's a little more dressed up. I'm very into dresses and boots. Not, I think dresses look really beautiful right now. And, and I'm also very into prints. If I'm wearing jeans, I love to wear a print shirt, like a beautiful blouse mm. and, um, and a boot always. And... Um... What about, you know, when it gets warmer out there? What are you doing? Are you doing shorts, jean skirts, knee shorts, short shorts? Ooh. Um, I'll wear ripped jeans. <laughs> I'll wear a ripped jean, but that's another thing. I, I don't think overly ripped looks appropriate on us. Yeah. I think rip here and there is fine, but right. threaded it looks silly. Right. It's just over the top. Um in the warmer weather months, I'll, I will wear a white jean, but I can't stand wearing a white jean at night because every single other woman is wearing a white jean at night. Uh huh. So I, uh, again, I switch to a lot of dresses in the warmer months. 
And as far as shorts go, um, shorts are for daytime running around. I, I, I don't, I don't think that you know, short shorts and high heels are appropriate anymore. That's that's a look for yesteryear. Where do you find a good short for an adult? <laughs> I've had trouble finding that. In a long time, to be perfectly honest, I used to swear by a J. Crew short, and now yeah, they're different. Return them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had some old J. Crews that were very appropriate and great and classic, and that now I agree with you. Something's gone off there. Yeah. Um, G Star, they do a decent short. I wear and, a lot of um, Nilly Loton. How do you spell that? L-O-T-A-N. Oh, don't know it. I was going to say, what other brands do you recommend? I love that that line. She's a woman. Um, she's a perennial. And mm -hmm. she knows how to make a woman look sexy. And her clothes are very ageless. She's very, very cool. Her knitwear is gorgeous. Her pants are low cut, which I, I like low cut pants. because I, I Me don't too. Like okay, good. Um, yeah, I don't I'm not wearing that mom jean. I look terrible I, at twenty in a mom yeah, jean. Yeah, like, like they choke your waist, and then you get a oh, pant. horrible. So her pants are low cut and they're really comfortable. Oh, and it's Nelly Lotan. N I L I Nilly Nilly Lotan. Oh, Nilly N I L I. Great. Um, any other brands that you can recommend for people who want to look? I my favorite brand of the season is La Double J. La, La Double J. I don't know of these. Okay, great. Perfect. They're fairly new. They're out of Italy and they take vintage prints and reissue them and print on beautiful quality silk and make gorgeous blouses and separates. It's expensive, but it's worth investing in a piece or two. Oh, interesting. And what are you doing for handbags these days? Are you doing a handbag? I've kind of abandoned all my beautiful handbags and I'm carrying around an MZ Wallace uh, quilted um, backpack just because it's lighter and it pulls my shoulders back so I don't have this pain in my arm. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand a heavy bag. I just think it's from any bags that are heavy. Some of the leathers are heavy and the hardware really weigh a bag down and it's, it's not good for us, it's not comfortable. So I wear, let's see, I have a little black uh, YSL shoulder bag. Mm -hmm. I wear Mansour Gabrielle. Mm -hmm. Bags are, I think, a really nice price point for a, a designer handbag. Mm -hmm. I bought a couple of bags in Italy last spring. They're just um, beautiful local Italian bags that mm -hmm. are like rectangular totes. That that seems to be my go-to shape. I like the structure for putting stuff in there. Are there any no-nos for women 40 plus? Is there anything like, oh my God, don't ever, as long as we have you here? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Yike. Um. There aren't a huge amount of absolutes. I think it's it's so much about taste, you know, yeah. and not being flashy, like stuff with a lot of schmutz and stones on it. I don't think ever looks good. It's just yeah. not my look. I don't yeah. think it's tasteful. I don't think it's classy. Um, the logos, um, don't need that. I think that looks very young and, and not age appropriate. I, I think understated, 
great silhouettes, um, modern, cool is the way to go. Really simple. How Donna Karen used to do the seven easy pieces, yes. or nine easy pieces. I'm a huge believer in creating your uniform for the season, have pieces that are interchangeable that can live in your life and, and be foolproof every time you put them on. Yep, absolutely. So Barbara, tell us just in closing a little bit about your website and what we'll find there so that people can go and look and understand what it is you do. Sure. So Perennial Project is a, a platform for women like us where we are experiencing a, a lot of changes in our lives. So our bodies are changing. We're going through menopause. Uh, well, we might not be as adept physically as we used to be. Our, our parents need us, our kids are moving out. It's this very interesting, challenging and opportunistic time for women like us to explore and discuss what it means to age. I think we are redefining aging by working and remaining vital and culturally relevant in a way that has never been done before. And with Perennial Project, I am talking about it, blogging about it, posting about it, and, and attempts to bring attention to it and mm -hmm. make us all comfortable with the conversations around aging and, of course, including style, how to look at this time in life. And as we close off here, because we promise our uh, our listeners that we're going to be done as close to 30 minutes as we can, what two tips would you leave a consumer with in terms of reinventing yourself, which you've done a couple of times and you're in the process of doing again? What are the two things that you've learned that you can pass along? Mm. Uh, great questions. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> okay, I like that. You know, if there's something you want to do, now I, I talk to women who find all these reasons not to pursue their dreams. Right. And you've got to take all that away and just start to do it. Pretend you're it. Set your eye on the goal and and don't veer from it. Just go toward it and don't listen to the negativity and the questioning around it. Should I? Is this right? Just believe in yourself that you can do it and follow your path toward your goal. And do you have another one for us? That's great. Um, that I really, I live by that and I tell people that all the time. Okay. Don't live in the past. Just live in the present because living in the past will hinder your future. Awesome. Well, those are great tips, Barbara. Thank you so much. And I appreciate all the fashion tips as well. Now we've got a bunch of labels to go look at that I didn't even know about. I feel like I know everything, but now I'm excited. Something else to go look at from someone who knows. So right. thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really wonderful talking to you. So thank you for listening to Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. And I hope you enjoyed this show. We got some good fashion tips. I'm going to go out and shop right away. And I hope that you'll check out Barbara's Perennial Project platform and see what it's all about. 
And if you like Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour, please give us a rating. We hope it's five stars. And also come to CoveyClub.com and join us there. We are really having a great time. We have great content. We are now doing tons of events. We just got back from a trip to Arizona with a bunch of women. That was just hilariously fun and fantastic. We'll be doing it again next year. And come like our Covey Club Facebook page as well and our Instagram and our LinkedIn and our Twitter page. So we hope to see you again for the next version of our podcast. Reinvent yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. Take care.